This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks. Hit the description, get on Prize Picks. They will match your first deposit through our link or code MMN up to $100. And if you want to get in on the best fantasy football season long props right now per player, Prize Picks is the place you can go do that. You can check out all of the other shows. And remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network and subscribe to the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets playlist. Also, if you want to get on a cash giveaway, do I have a deal for you? Hit the description. You will find the link to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts. You leave a five-star review up there. Make up something you enjoy about the show. Leave your Twitter handle or your email address. Boom! You're in that draw. We were at level one in terms of reviews for $500. We have passed that already. We're up to $1,000 in terms of the prize pool for this giveaway. Hell, you win the prize pool, then you go deposit using code MMM on prize picks, and boom, you're off to the race. That's 200 bucks for you right there to use on prize picks, and then use some of this actionable info, and we'll be good to go for the season. Joining me from FTN Bets, FTN Fantasy, and FTNDaily.com. Use code RATPACK to get yourself a discount over there. It is Jeff Radcliffe, and there was a lot of news over the weekend, sir. <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, sorry, Philadelphia Eagles fan. Doesn't look like that Carson Wentz uh, conditional pick is going to come through. Uh, Pat, the, the best thing about this time of year is we have football. The worst thing about football is injuries and they're going to happen. They're inescapable, but it definitely is no fun. So Carson Wentz is now going to be out 5 to 12 weeks with a foot injury. This was the same foot injury that he was just going to, like, rest for a weekend and then try to play on. I mean, for his long-term viability, and even for the Colts this season, it's good that he's getting the surgery. Hopefully he has mobility once he's healed by... I don't know what the end of October at this point, like it's not going to be the five weeks. I am almost certain about that. Right. Well, the timetable is pretty telling, I think. And and the injury allegedly is an, a high school injury that I, I guess no surgery was, was, uh, you know, took place back then. And eventually it just kind of got to the point where he now needs to have it repaired, but five to 12 weeks. Okay. Five weeks would put us basically at the start of the season. In other words, in a best case scenario, He's on the field. 12 weeks. Hmm. Oh, that's right. That'll put us at the end of pup. So worst case scenario, he's pup to start the season out. And we see him basically in week seven, which, you know, either one of them, I guess, isn't absolutely terrible for the Colts, but it does certainly change the fantasy football landscape. What does this do to the Colts offense? Like, do you really think they're going to use that guy who's named after a hockey stick, Easton, at quarterback? Are they like going to go out and get someone real here? I uh, I do believe that's the way they're going to go. They they went out, they signed Brett Hundley because beyond Eason, they I mean Ellinger, Sam Ellinger <sighs> developmental at, at at best behind uh behind him on that depth chart. So they needed a, somebody who could at least be somewhat of a viable backup quarterback. And to me that signing even before the injury was uh or the surgery was announced, it was kind of uh, a little hand tip by the Colts. Remember teams, they can lie to you at a podium interview. They can lie to you on a Zoom call. They can't lie to you with their roster moves. So they brought him in and kind of tipped their hand. I don't see, I know a lot of people are looking at a Nick Foles trade. I don't see that as being viable unless Wentz was going to be out for the entire season. So I think they really do think they're going to get by with Eason for as long as it is necessary, which believe it or not, I know the instant reaction is Jonathan Taylor's down the tubes. 
I don't think so. Jonathan Taylor is not going to benefit that much in the passing game. He's going to be primarily an early down runner. Now, granted, game script isn't going to be as good as perhaps with Wentz under center, but they have an excellent offensive line. And Eason, all he has to do is, is hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. So I don't think it's a massive hit on him. Still think he is a top 10 fantasy running back, which means he'll very likely be a first round pick in snake drafts. However, if you do look at somebody like Michael Pittman, if you do look at somebody like Paris Campbell or even T.Y. Hilton, which I'm not in love with T.Y. Hilton at this point in his career, but a lot of people were looking to Michael Pittman. Well, you now have to seriously consider if Carson Wentz is out until week seven, Michael Pittman is a liability for six weeks, potentially. I don't see much upside there with him. That becomes something we now have to factor in, and I'd be much less inclined to draft him. And I know people think, okay, it's a 17 week, you know, now with 18 game season, or, you know, 18 week season, 17 game season. It's a 17 week fantasy football season, but it isn't. It's a 14 week fantasy football season, and then you can maybe get into the playoffs. So, six weeks, that's half of your regular season, basically. That's a long time to have a guy who's a liability there. So it's something until we get some more clarity here, it's it's going to be dicey if you're drafting Michael Pittman at this time of year. So I've been playing around with my projections now on runthesims.com. Everyone out there can go to runthesims.com slash mayo and enter in their own projections, turn around the market shares and see what you're doing without Wentz and how these receivers pop out. But if I go over to prize picks right now, there could be real value here, especially if you want to jump in knowing even if Wentz misses the first three weeks, first four weeks, Pittman's over under receiving yards on prizepicks.com. Once again, use that link in the description or code MMN on prizepicks.com to get that up to $100 match bonus. But 800.5 receiving yards for Michael Pittman? I know it's 17 games, but the more attractive one here might be 775 and a half receiving yards for T.Y. Hilton. Don't those both feel like unders? I mean, automatic. I think even with Wentz, Wentz, <laughs> starting, Wentz out yeah. there in week one, yeah, those are those are high. Those are hefty. You know, and oftentimes, too, when you're looking at any sort of futures numbers like these, the unders are typically your, your better play. Just given not only the fact that, you know, maybe in this case, this is assuming probably greater efficiency than either is capable of. But then beyond that, you're you have to factor in the very real chance that NFL players get hurt as well. So you add in uh, all that. I, hey, those are easy unders for me, both of them. Yeah. So if you did your one hundred dollar deposit, got your one hundred deposit match and you just went under under on Pittman eight hundred and five under seven hundred and seventy five point five on T.Y. Hilton on prizepicks.com. You put the two hundred dollars on it, you get the hundred plus the bonus hundred. You win four hundred. I mean, that's that's not bad. <laughs> I, I like it. I like free money. Yeah. And honestly, that's a great way of, of starting these things up. Uh, you know, I get asked this all the time, Pat, when it came back in the day with other DFS platforms, or even when it comes to sports betting, any of these things, how do you get started? Well, take advantage of bonuses first and foremost, and then turn that bonus into your bankroll. And, you know, don't be too hyper aggressive, but if you have an opportunity like this where you can pick your shots, I definitely don't hate that. And then then from there on, you're playing with house money and you essentially do the same thing. You can, you can start to build up a solid bankroll and more bankroll, Pat, more fun, right? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. More bankroll means more horrible bets I can make. These two feel like really good ones because <laughs> we've been doing this show for a while now, previewing different teams. But I think this is where the opportunity really rests with something like Prize Picks, where they have these numbers up there. I think you can really take advantage of them, and you put the two of them together, it pays two times your money. So you you put down the twenty bucks or two hundred bucks, whatever it might be. You know, like you get six hundred back, you win four hundred, but you add a third guy to that. All of a sudden, like you know, you're getting progressively all the way up the list. If you can find a few of them like is, is there anything uh, i keep asking everyone in this and no one agrees with me so i'm hoping that you might i'm still afraid of the jonathan taylor over under on prize picks right now because he can most definitely go over that rushing yard total but i am my kind of case against jonathan taylor from being an elite running back i believe i am at number nine at running back in my rankings right now you can check the description see where today i actually have them updated but I do feel like Marlon Mack's going to be not a factor in this offense, but he's going to be a guy that they use because this is the stupid Colts and Frank Wright. I don't know if we can say that. Um, I'm saying, no, you know what? I am saying it. I'm saying that's going to happen. I hear you saying it. He's going to have like 15% of the rushing attempts, which is just enough to knock him down from elite level because Hines is going to be on the field too. I, I think that uh, with Marlon Mack, I have it at actually about 10% of the rushing attempts. So Heinz is going to get his share too. But the problem, I think a lot of people are looking at, at what we saw last year. And what we saw last year and what we're going to see this year are two totally different things. Last year was an unprecedented season where we had rookies who had absolutely no offseason step in. And remember, Jonathan Taylor, until essentially down the stretch, he looked like a shadow of his former self. Like in the beginning of the season, we're saying this was the guy who rushed for 2,000 yards twice at the college level and almost three times didn't look like the same player. And then we saw down the stretch, oh, that's him. I think he's put in a position now where they want to really ride him. And I, I mean, what what is the number on Jonathan Taylor? I guess before I get too far ahead of myself, I don't, if it's set too high, I, I'll still probably take an under. But what's, what's the number on him? On prizepicks.com right now, Jonathan Taylor is 1,275.5 rushing yards. That seems really high. Yeah, that, that is actually pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, I, I will take an under on that, but I'm still believing in him. I'm actually slightly more bullish. I mean, you have him as a top 10 guy. I'm just slightly more bullish than you are. But that's hefty. Uh, even with a great offensive line, you know, even with the talent that he has, that's that's quite bullish. That that's probably going to require him to get up upwards of 300 carries. So you know, even I'm taking 10%, you're taking 15% off of his plate with Marlon Mack. Regardless, Marlon Mack is going to be used, and I think that's the point to be made. Naeem Hines is obviously going to be used. The quarterbacks will eat up some of the shares. We'll have maybe the occasional wide receiver shares at, at, at you know uh, as a. Uh, uh, jet sweeps and things like that. But for the most part, no, I, I think that number is a little bit too high. So I would probably, I think that's about a hundred yards too high. In fact, uh, I would definitely be taking that under as well. And that's not even factoring in potential injury that could come. Yep. And being around Marlon Mack is not good for your health. He's already running into the back of offensive <laughs> linemen and injuring Ryan Kelly. <laughs> yeah, not, not good. Not good. Uh, he, Marlon Mack is the, the oldest young guy ever. Uh, you would think he's like 30 years old at this point. He's not even remotely close. But, you know, I think he's there largely, though. They love to have that third guy. You know, it was Jordan Wilkins, obviously, last year. They love to have that third guy. They do use that guy in the rotation. But still, they're going to lean on on the top dog, which is Taylor. But as I said, 
that's still it, that's a very very high projection at close to 1300 yards i just don't see it on the ground yeah i think it's just because people get enamored with betting overs and going yeah. over numbers on fantasy props so the under especially in the preseason you're projecting out long term you hit on it like weird stuff happens like especially like there's still the covid stuff going on as well where if people, if certain teams aren't fully vaccinated, they might have to forfeit their games. Spoiler alert, they're not accruing any fantasy points or yardage in those games that they have to forfeit. This is very true. This is very true. Or paychecks. And if they have to forfeit games, they also have to pay for the expenses of the other team. Uh, so I, I don't know if that'll happen this year. We were dangerously close to it last year, Pat, uh, with – unprecedented games in the middle of the week and we're not quite out of the woods I and mean, we're still seeing players left and right being put on the COVID list and you know it's very likely going to happen during the course of the season as well so I just thought about this on the Pat Mayo experience with Jake Seeley and we did the entire running back rankings breakdown so I had McCaffrey Cook Henry Elliott and Kamara all on the same tier tier one running backs and we, you know, we kind of poked around like oh our CMC and Cook on a tier by themselves I was like these are probably the first five picks that I'm taking so they can all be on tier one it really doesn't matter to me and then i had eckler we got into a thing so I, this is what i wanted to ask you the next group of guys i think they're all really close so i want to see if you can help me sort them a little bit eckler barkley taylor harris chubb jones and mixon i think are kind of together on what is that next year does one really stand out above all to you because i don't know if i have the guts to rank eckler at number six although i really want to the only challenge that I have with Eckler is he's never had a full season, a full workload as a runner. He has obviously as a receiver, but my question, and I, Hey, by the way, shout out to Austin Eckler for saying, you know, if you want fantasy points, draft me or whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing, but I love that just because how many times have players had disparaging things to say about fantasy football? And he has a, he has a great thing to say, like he's, he's embracing the community. So he went up in my level of coolness for sure. But I don't want to rank him at the top. I mean, Aaron Jones, perhaps there's still like a little bit of a hangover because Rodgers is going to play. Like, I know there are still going to be conspiracy theorists out there who are going to say like, well, what if he retires in week five? Like, he ain't retiring. He's not retiring. He's going to play. So Aaron Jones, given the track record, maybe the safe, it's not a safe tier, but maybe the safest out of that group because Saquon, we still don't know if he's going to be on the field in week one. We know we just highlighted some of the challenges with Taylor. If that offense can't move the football, he's still going to get volume, but game scripts could hurt him. We also have some other, you know, question marks, Najee Harris. I love Najee Harris. Offensive line is a question mark. He's also a rookie in the NFL. Uh, you mentioned Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb last year managed a, an RB1 season despite basically being non-existent in the passing game. And we know how valuable that can be. Uh, Mixon, can he stay healthy? He should have the role this year. I mean, you could we, we could play the fantasy question game all day long. I did you did you say Antonio Gibson? Did you throw him in there too? No, he's on a tear down from me. I'm still worried about his toe that it's not fully recovered, and I worry about how that offense is going to run. I just I think that he's fine, but I think he's very firmly a running back too in my eyes. So you have him with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and then like Swift Dobbins, guys like that? Yeah, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, okay. Swift Dobbins, Daryl Henderson, Antonio Gibson. Oh, Henderson ahead of him. I like it. I yeah. like it. H I don't have, I'm not as bullish, but I like that. Yeah, Henderson, I think is actually a really good value right now because I had Cam Akers at number six before he yeah. went down until they bring in someone else and I'm drafting right now. And maybe I have to worry about the possibility of them bringing in someone else. 
that I just don't see why... Like, I don't think that Henderson's as good as Akers, hence why he's not ranked quite as highly. Plus, there's you know the periphery stuff that makes him not quite as safe. But if he can just be 80% of what I thought Akers was, he's going to be an awesome fantasy running back. Yeah, the, the challenge, and Sean McVay has come out and said this, it's the, it's the injury-prone nature of Daryl Henderson. He said already, we will not see Daryl Henderson in any preseason game. They want to try and keep him as, as fresh as possible. Their challenge is they're going to try and make a run at this without bringing a veteran in, and they don't have much behind. You know, I know people out there are going to, yeah, I love the name Jake Funk. It's an awesome name. Jake Funk is athletically right where you want him to be, but he had 71 touches last year at Maryland. Like, that's it. <laughs> he was still drafted, so credit where credit's due, but he's extremely green. Um, Xavier Jones. I think it's really interesting. You know, he, he really showed that he can be an early down runner at SMU, but another guy, you know, when these guys go undrafted, oftentimes, well, it is partially for a reason. So can he actually step up and be more than just a guy type in, in the NFL? I don't know. So they're really going to need Henderson, but in that offense with Matthew Stafford, all the glowing reviews about Stafford so far, just absolutely spinning the rock all around the field. They should be able to move the football. And Pat, the one thing I really like about Henderson from last year, they used him heavily in the red zone. Even with Akers, you know, in, during the stretch run, Henderson was still getting touches in the red zone. So you have that aspect, all that touchdown upside as a runner is very appealing. And that's sort of the opposite of Eckler, where they've almost come out and said, hey, yeah. he's going to be on the field all the time, but probably not inside the five-yard line. I'm hoping that yep. maybe he can score a few times from the 11 and we'll be safe with all this. He probably should be able to uh, be careful at that backfield. I still people getting caught up to things have been asking about, uh, you know, Justin Jackson and Joshua, uh, uh, Kelly. Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree. Just make sure you have Larry Roundtree on your radar. This is a new coaching regime as well. Those are backs from the previous coaching regime. So now with this new coaching regime in place, maybe Larry Roundtree works his way into that number two. And if he's the number two, Pat, he's going to be the short yardage goal line back very likely with Eckler ahead of him. He's got, he's going to have some value. He could be one of those like late round handcuff guys that you scoop up and maybe gives you a little bit more than, than what you, you thought you were going to get with him. I think between the two, I'd rather have Xavier Jones because mm -hmm. even if Roundtree, because this is just what we saw last year. And like you said, it's a brand new coaching regime. So maybe things have changed in Charger Town. But if Eckler goes down, I can actually see a split between Jackson, Roundtree, and Kelly as like the between the 20s passing down guys, even if Roundtree was like the dedicated goal line back when Eckler was healthy. I don't know if he necessarily vaults himself up into a running back who plays 70, 75% of the snaps, but with the way that the Rams are shaking down right now, if they don't do anything else, if it's not Henderson and he gets hurt, it does seem like it's going to be Xavier Jones, probably on the good side of 50% in that backfield, which again is incredibly valuable. Yeah, we could see some of the other guys on that depth chart. Uh, as I mentioned, Funk figures to very likely be at least involved in special teams, so he'd be on the roster. That's what Jones was last year. He was a special teamer. Uh, Raymond Kale, who uh, is, you know, he's a shorter back. Uh, could he factor in in the passing game, perhaps? And then you have the deepest name on the list, Otis Anderson. He's probably the best suited to be a passing down guy, but another one, he went undrafted for a reason, tested kind of, he tested poorly in a pre-draft process. He was the opposite of Funk, has a lot of experience on the field, but the testing numbers very, very poor. Funk the other way around, testing numbers off the charts, but not a ton of experience on the field. At, with the NFL, you usually lean towards the guys with the better athleticism. 
But uh, yeah, yeah, Jones would be in a prime spot and we've stranger things have happened. Heck last year, a UDFA who nobody heard of ended up being a top 10 fantasy running back for Jacksonville and James Robinson. So stranger things have happened for sure. Yeah. I, I think I did a video the moment that Leonard Fournette got cut. I was like, oh man, oh, Zigbo is the guy you need to own. It was like, oh, good, good Lord. Dude. That did not age well. No, not at all. And I was, I was all in my Temple University connection with Ryquel Armstead and I think that's aged even worse. It continues to get worse with the day. It's like the opposite of fine wine right there. So are you actually, I want to go to the prize picks uh, over under just for a second, because Matthew Stafford is 4,600.5, 4,600 on the dot, 0.5 passing yards. I know that seems like a big number, but that actually seems low to me for him. I, um, I've recently looked at like him to lead the league, uh, for example, in passing yards, obviously he's not the favorite, but you know, betting favorites is typically not the way to maximize money for sure. Especially if you're going to tie it up for an entire NFL season, I'm projecting him just shy of 4,900 yards right now. So that is low. That's a nice cushion. Like maybe if it was a 16 game season, that would be about spot on, but with a 17 game season, I don't know. I like the over on that a lot. I think Stafford's going to really, really surprise people. I know everybody realizes he's an NFL starting caliber quarterback, but we have not seen him in that type of an offense. We've seen him in in football purgatory for so long now. Yes, he had Calvin Johnson early in his career, but he, you know, the, the offenses he's played in recently have just been ugly. And this offense now is not ugly. And McVay's going to be able to really open up the playbook as well that he just couldn't do that with Jared Goff. So healthy over on that one. So sometimes the over is in play. Yeah. I just wanted to show you my projections just for a second uh, over at runthesims.com because some of them, I think I may have tweaked stuff and passing rates a bit much. Maybe I, I didn't factor in week 18 into it too much, but I'm just looking at it right now. Like I have Stafford at 4,676 yards total. And that's just, I, I adjusted uh, just to make Daryl Henderson look a little bit better. I adjusted him up a little bit in terms of rushing rate overall for the team and his market share. So it bumped down the passing share. But for a lot of these quarterbacks, like I have pretty high rates, especially when you compare them to the prize pick over under fantasy props for the year. Like, almost 5,500 for Mahomes, 5,100 for Brady. Zach Wilson, I somehow, oh no, this is uh, this is a cuss projection for Zach Wilson, by the way. I let cuss uh, put in his custom projections for the Jets. We did that last week. If people want to go check out that show, it's ridiculous. Don't, don't pay attention to that. Matt Ryan, 4,900. Aaron Rodgers, 4,900. Sam Darnold, 4,900. Derek Carr, 4,800. Like, it feels like a lot of these quarterbacks are going to hit their over-under because when you see the over-under on the passing yard, Fantasy props like Dak, 4,800. Tom Brady, 4,750. Stafford, 4,600. Justin Herbert, 4,450.5. Matt Ryan, 4,450.5. Aaron Rodgers, 4,350. Like a lot of those feel like overs for me if they can stay healthy. Yeah, Rodgers historically has not been a, a, a big yardage guy, uh, but that's the extra game is the big factor. That's, yeah, that, that's on par. That Again, that number seems like it's set for a 16 game, not a 17 game season. I think Dak Prescott goes over 5,000 yards. I think we have two 5,000-yard passers at least this year because Mahomes obviously is the other guy. But both of those guys projecting over 5,000 yards in my numbers, Pat, I'm always so conservative with my numbers. And for those guys to be up over that plateau is really saying something. And then I had Stafford not too far off. I agree with you, Brady. That number looks a little bit too low. 
there's a lot of value. So while we maybe it's it's weird, you're we're hammering some unders on some receiving yards, but then at the same time hammering some overs on some some passing yards. Yeah, I think a lot of that just has to do with position. I think this is now like kind of the perfect time that people have done a lot of their research. We're seeing injuries trickle through, and yeah, you might get caught with a bad line because your guy goes down three weeks from now. That's always the fear about tying up your money for an entire season. But I really think that these prizepicks.com code MMN to get that up to 100 dollar deposit by the way you bet double put down double what you have on that uh that these quarterback props are really where you want to be at i want to show you this though uh what uh cust had put in for the new york jets see if this meshes up with what you do uh, a little bit so just share the screen uh, with jeff here for a second paul um a 38 percent rushing rate for the jets i mean that's not inconceivable zach wilson starting the entire time uh he's going to be completing what is this his interception rate only three percent the catch rate out there i mean that's for his receiving number uh his pass market share 98 percent and you see like michael carter is going to be great i've been told uh josh adams not so much elijah moore is basically rookie of the year is what has been expressed to me in terms of a lot of these numbers he even went over i said that's going to leave you with a 107 percent market share uh for the receivers He's like i don't care zach is that good is what i was told so he can manufacture all those extra catches without even throwing the football uh, I hey, I like the direction for the team. I'm gonna say it that way. I think they have some pieces in place that they there are pieces that they need to put in place. Now they have a great start. You have a quarterback who, in theory, should be a very nice fit for what Mike Lafleur wants to run there. Obviously, Salah is gonna do his thing on the defensive side of the ball. You drafted a value running back in Michael Carter, who plays bigger than his size. He's along the same lines as an Austin Eckler type, so he can run that role in that. If it's the same style run game as Kyle Shanahan, we know how beneficial that can be for running backs. Elijah Moore, the one challenge, though, if we're going to be super bullish on him, is we're ignoring the fact that Jamison Crowder is still in that, you know, on that depth chart. And Jamison Crowder plays slot, which is where Elijah Moore is going to play. So it, it may be a bit tricky uh, for him to see a ton of balls early in the season. The cream ultimately rises in the NFL, and I have no doubt that he's going to be a fixture in that offense for years to come. But, you know, it's it's wise often to temper expectations with younger wide receivers. You do get Justin Jefferson's, but then, you know, you also have guys like Jerry Judy last year who – Jerry Judy was fine for a rookie season. He was fine. Sure, he dropped a few passes. It's going to happen. But he was fine. It wasn't a standout rookie year, but it wasn't absolutely terrible. We just have to temper those expectations. So I like what they're doing. I'm just not going to be quite there on uh, – on Elijah Moore. I am drafting Michael Carter as my second running back. If I'm punting that second running back spot all day long, cause you can get him as like the 30th running back off the board, but that's acknowledging too, that there's some volatility with that move. Yeah. Like, I think Javante Williams is going to be better than Michael Carter fantasy wise this year, but he shouldn't be going 10 spots at running back ahead of Michael Carter. It's just, yeah. it's not that safe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Melvin Gordon's still going to touch the ball. Even, even if it's just September, you know, we, we see this happen every year, Pat, where some somebody will draft a rookie running back, the veteran will get a few too many touches early in the year, and then they lose their minds. And the reality is, I mean, we're playing for December. We're not playing, and this year, I guess, January, too, because the championship round will be in January this year for fantasy. We're playing for that time of year, so we just have to exercise patience in general in September and realize that transition may not fully crystallize until we get, you know, into the heart of the NFL season in November. Quick hitters. Marquise Brown leaves Ravens practice with a hamstring injury. Lamar Jackson still is not back at practice because he's still positive for COVID-19. 
I don't like this for Hollywood Brown whatsoever. A hamstring injury this early, a soft tissue early in the season. I mean, you're an Eagles fan. You saw this with Elshon Jeffrey for years. Be like, oh, yeah, he's looking good. He's looking good. Oh, no, soft tissue injury. And then he's like out for seven weeks. I only bring this up because I wasn't, I didn't have that much interest in him in any way. But I'm going to move Bateman up my rankings board. But I still see that the prize picks over under for receiving yards is 800 and a half for Hollywood Brown. Like he could miss time into the season if this lingers. Oh, he absolutely could. And even if he doesn't miss time, it's something that uh, it doesn't really go away for much of the year for receivers. When you hear Hammy this early, not a good sign. I already have Rashad Bateman leading this team in targets. Maybe it isn't, you know, every single game in September, but eventually, yes. And he gives the team something that they really don't have in the short and intermediate. I mean, Mark Andrews is going to get his as a tight end, obviously, in that part of the field. But nobody else is going to give him that. Plus the fact that while Bateman isn't necessarily like a big play dynamo, the dude ran 4-4 in the pre-draft process. He's got some wheels. Uh, that number is is a bit hefty, especially if the even if the injury doesn't linger. I still have him under. I'm at six or seven sixty-seven. But if the injury lingers, then that could be another one easy under on Marquise Brown. So under Hilton, under Marquise Brown, under uh, Michael Pittman. I maybe we'll even stay away from Pittman. We'll just put those two together and go the over on Stafford. Now we're cooking with gas here. We're up to like. I think it's like four times or even five X uh, what your original put down is. So yeah, prize picks. I mean, we're gonna have to. I'll probably include this in my newsletter this week. This, this early season play, Devonta Smith. This is starting to look worse by the second for him. He's gonna miss two to three weeks with an MCL injury. I mean, you're, you're local. What's the buzz around Philly? Um, here we go again. I guess is the buzz uh, with this one. The Eagles were decimated by injury in the preseason last year or uh, in offseason at offensive line, and we know how that went for them. Uh, we've had, you know, the Deshaun Jackson, like, <laughs> I, I, I chuckle because, like, the Rams now are like, oh, Deshaun Jackson looks awesome. And it's like, yes, he's going to be awesome for the one game he plays this year. And then other than that, we can just expect him to be sidelined. It's not good, but I'd rather have an injury like this happen now. And, and an MCL sprain is not a devastating injury. It's it's definitely an injury you need to take off. Uh, but we're still a month out from the season. He is still a very physical receiver. You know, I thought uh, we saw, you know, some similarities between him and a former Alabama receiver, Calvin Ridley. Some people have pointed out Marvin Harrison, which is obviously when you come to a Hall of Famer, that's pretty lofty. But I did see um, who was a Kyle Brandt who said, uh, that he sees Stefan Diggs to him. And, you know, looking back at what he did at Alabama, yes, you could see that style of player. So he's it's the type of player who could be an instant factor for this team. Just got to stay healthy. Nice thing, though, is now that's going to depress his draft stock, hopefully here in August, and you maybe can get away with taking him in the late rounds as opposed to you were, you were going to have to take him in the middle rounds. It's funny because Meany and I did the DraftKings week one reaction show, which is up right now on uh, Mayo Media Network on the PME feed, if you're looking for the audio for it. And we were like, man, th this Hurts Smith stack against Atlanta on the opening week is like, this is pretty spicy. Like, this is pretty cheap. It feels like it has a ton of upside. Who do you think the number two is on this team, receiver-wise? Is it, is it actually like Goddard or is it going to be, jeez, is it going to be Rager? Like it has to be. Right? Uh, uh, well, Rager has his own things going on, and and I, this is awful. He had he lost a childhood friend, uh, was murdered, and uh, just terrible, terrible, terrible story. Uh, he ended up not passing his conditioning test when he came back to the team for for camp, 
The coaching staff is obviously very well aware of the circumstances though. And, you know, again, just an awful, awful situation there uh, for, for him to go through, but I I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt this year. And I do think if you look at wide receivers, yes, he has positioned very well to be the number two on this roster beyond that Goddard. I would say Goddard instantly if Zach Ertz wasn't on this team, but Zach Ertz is going to be out there on the field. We know they're going to run 12 personnel because Nick Sirianni coming from Indianapolis. How many times we see two tight ends on the field, Jack Doyle, Mo Alley Cox. I mean, you had Trey Burton running around out there. Uh, all of those guys, they're going to use 12 personnel. So that's the one downfall to Goddard. Goddard is, at this point in his career, the superior player. But Ertz is going to get targets. So there is a little bit of cannibalization there, unfortunately, uh, with that. So I do still think it's it's Rager. But I don't think Rager is like a 120 target guy. I think he's still probably more like a 90 target guy. But then again, I think Goddard's going to be more like an 80 to 85 target guy. I need you to put on your Karnak hat and interpret this for me. Giants head coach, Joe Judge, has said about Saquon Barkley's knee, he is making, quote, tangible progress towards returning to practice. They also decided Alfred Morris today, too. What the hell does this mean? Well, Alfred Morris could very well be a camp body. Uh, they do know him, obviously, from him being in the division at points during the course of his career. It's not anything I'm worried about. And, uh, you know, honestly, they, all they have is Devontae Booker, really beyond Saquon Barkley to fill a role for them. I think they're playing it close to the vest. Uh, Saquon Barkley was injured essentially, well, it'll be a year in what, week two. So I, I, I don't think there's any risk of him landing on the pup or anything along those lines. But, uh, you know, also putting on the Karnak hat, uh, I do think that he is going to, to miss a game or two. And I do think we need to point out that Le'Veon Bell in 2017 missed four games, not due to injury, but due to suspension. And he was still the number three fantasy running back. Saquon Barkley is still immensely talented. A lot of people are going to be fearful of the injury, but I think that in your, if you're looking at Saquon in the end of the first round in a snake draft, that's like an instant draft for me. I'll take the discount. I know I have risk coming with it, but I'll take the discount all day long. Uh, last one. Vic Fangio, head coach of the Denver Broncos, has said that the competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater is, quote, even Steven right now. <laughs> if they're being real about this, and this could have a huge impact on Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, I think Denver can be pretty good this year if Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, yes, you know, Teddy Bridgewater does some of the things that you wish Drew Locke did. But you mean not be terrible, like be okay? Yeah, I mean, but he also just doesn't have the physical tools of Drew Locke. The one challenge, and, and we heard this even in the during the offseason program, was Drew Locke doesn't throw with anticipation. Well, you know, show me a quarterback who doesn't throw with anticipation in the NFL, a starting quarterback. He's not going to be a starting quarterback for much longer. You have to throw with anticipation. Your windows are incredibly small. Your receivers are not going to look open, even if they're open, and you have to throw with that anticipation. He has the arm. The arm strength has never been an issue with him. You know, the athleticism's never been an issue. But if you don't have that, then it's going to be a big-time problem. Teddy can do those things. He just can't throw the ball downfield. Teddy Two Gloves just doesn't have that element. So, yes, Denver can be a decent team. And obviously, defensively, I mean, with what they did in the secondary in particular, you know, they attacked free agency and got Patrick Sertain. 
I mean, really phenomenal work there on their part. And they're going to be really, they're going to be a, a handful on the defensive side of the ball yet again. But offensively, there's not a lot of juice. Unfortunately, I want high average depth of target throws to Cortland Sutton and to Jerry Judy for that matter. And I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do it. That being said, DJ Moore somehow top 10 in yards last year. I have no idea how that happened, but at least he did sustain that. It's just going to have to be a lot more short area throws and then yards after catch from the receivers, which both those guys can do. I was thinking uh, almost opposite of the fantasy side of this. You know, this fantasy football picks and bets. I was looking at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eight and a half is the win total for the Denver Broncos right now. I think they could win more than that with non-turnover Teddy and a really good defense and a running game, even in a tougher division. I think they can be very competitive for that final wildcard spot if he is the quarterback. If Drew Locke is the quarterback, that feels like a smash under right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it feels like the line, if he was a quarterback, it should be seven and a half. And, and even then, it's tempting to take an under. It's just challenging when you have to face an ascending Chargers team that should really be better this year in uh, theory with Anthony Lynn out of there. Here's the thing you about the, the – hold on. Here's the thing about the Chargers, though. Everyone's okay. on the Chargers. Everyone thinks that yeah. they're going to be good, myself included, you, the whole world. When does that ever work out well for the Chargers? So, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. Maybe they'll be better next year. They'll be the post-type sleeper team. They'll be the Browns of last year. Remember the Browns, everybody was in on the Freddie Kitchens Browns, which, man, we should have saw that coming. And then they were finally good last year with Stefanski, perhaps. But, you know, divisional, these teams, are they're, they're built to face each other in, the, in their divisions. You win your division, you're in the playoffs, first and foremost, in the NFL. The Raiders are a tricky team as well. We know they're marching to their, the beat of their own drum. That's what they do. They don't care what you think of who they draft in the first round or anything like that. But they do have some talent on that team. If the offensive line actually is good, which it, it does not look like it is on paper, if the secondary can take a step forward, they're going to be a tough team to beat as well. So it, it's, a, it's a good line. It's a good line. I do think you're, you know maybe you just barely get there. You get nine wins uh, with Teddy under center. I don't know if I'm as bullish as you, but I do think he gives them, if you look at it from a team standpoint, a better chance to win. I do agree with you. Jeff Radcliffe. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Radcliffe. Check him out every single weekday on Sirius XM Fantasy. What time, Jeffrey? 10 to noon Eastern. 10 to noon Eastern. I'm no longer on Eastern time, so everything throws me off in terms of time zones now. It's horrible. Uh, let everyone know what you got going on over at FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily, and FTNBets.com, where they can use promo code RAT... Now I forgot what it was. Rat Pack. 1T. 1T yes. Rat Pack. You told me it only has the 1T, and then I was like, wait... What are we doing here? Rat Pack 1T for a huge discount off everything. And a lot of you got, I mean, you could just tell them about the cornerback wide receiver matchups because that's my favorite part of it. Yeah, it's new and improved this year too. We're going to have more data visualization with our wide receiver cornerback matchups tool. So that'll be unveiled here pretty shortly. We are working on uh, some fun stuff for player props. I know the fantasy crowd loves the player props over at ftnbets.com, ftndaily.com continues to get better and better as well. And if you do have fantasy football drafts right now, go check out the game plan. Uh, Volume three will be coming out soon and we'll have multiple, we'll have, uh, updates that's the key we update this thing unlike the magazines on the newsstands these get updated you can download the latest information for any of the injury information that happens let's hope nobody gets hurt but we know people get hurt in the nfl so yeah 
Promo code Rat Pack. I am not the Frank Sinatra of that group. Maybe the Dean Martin. I don't know. I'll take Dean Martin, but not Rad Pack. And leave poor Jeff Radcliffe alone on Twitter. That guy <laughs> keeps sending me like, yeah, I think you mean this guy over here, not me. I'm Radcliffe like Harry Potter. Hey, it's like I've befriended the other Pat Mayo on Twitter. He's at Pat Mayo <laughs> and just gets horrible things said to him. He's like, what did I do? <laughs> Poor Pat Mayo, man. Poor Pat Mayo. Yeah, I don't think he's poor. He's like the head photographer for like the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I think he's doing fine. That's cool that he's actually associated with uh, with the NFL. I like that. Yeah, he's in TV and he's like associated with the NFL. There's another Pat Mayo out there too. He's a YouTube bounty hunter. So apparently nice. I have like a, one of the more normal jobs of all the Pat Mayos in the world, depending on the sample size that I've seen so far. Anyway, smash the like button to the episode on the way out of here. Get in that Apple podcast giveaway review. You can find that in the description as you can find the hot link to runthesims.com. You go to runthesims.com slash mayo. Right now you get $50 off and you just saw the customizable projections that you can manipulate any way that you want. Full optimizer, full game by game simulations coming on August 15th. So get in on that $50 off deal now before the price goes up. All right. And the, all the season long stuff is going to be free all year if that's what you're interested in. So just go sign up for free uh, and you can go take a test run on the site and manipulate your projections any way that you want. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. <laughs>